1: Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. For those of you who are new listeners to Felony Friday, what we do here every single week is I focus on exposing injustice in this nation's broken criminal justice system. I do this by bringing on people who've experienced that injustice, felons. I bring on activists, lawyers, reporters, journalists, and also sometimes I bring on fellow podcasters to talk through this type of stuff, to interview specific cases, or maybe just to talk through some different news stories, some different cases trending in the news. This episode is going to be that case. I'm going to bring on a fellow podcaster. I'll introduce them in just a moment. Before I do that, I want to remind you, this is one show that we have here on Lions of Liberty. We have three other shows. We have every Monday, a show hosted by Mark Clare, our longest running program, our flagship program, where Mark interviews leaders in the liberty movement. Every Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land hosted by Brian McWilliams. It is your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. Between those two shows, between Monday and Wednesday, is Tuesday. Tuesday is our newest show. It's called Candidates of Liberty, where we interview libertarian candidates. I know, it's uh, the title gives it away with that one. But definitely check out all three of these shows, of course, as well as Phony Friday, which you're checking out right now already. And You can do this. You can get these shows delivered easily to your phone, your listening device, to your earbuds, just by subscribing on any of the popular Podcasting apps. We're on every single one of them. So please do that. It helps us out greatly. And also, please leave us a review. I haven't said this in a while, but what helps us out tremendously through Apple Podcasts is going on there, clicking through on our feed, giving us a nice little five star review, five star rating, also with a review. That is a tremendous help. And we thank you in advance for doing that. This is the 144th episode of Felony Friday. So the links, the show notes for this episode are going to be at lionsofliberty.com FF144. We'll link to a bunch of different news stories having to do with the case we're going to talk about today, which is the case of anarchist 3D gun printer extraordinaire and now in a little bit of trouble recently. Of course, I'm talking about Cody Wilson. Let's get rolling with today's show. My guest today on Felony Friday is Remzo Martinez. Uh, Remzo, of course, has been on my show previously. He's been on Brian's show, Electric Liberty Land, previously. He's been on Mark's show a couple times. So I don't know how many times Remzo has been on, but it's been quite a bit. And if you're not familiar with Remzo's work, he's an author of an Amazon best selling book, I think. It's called Stay Away from the Libertarians. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it right there. You can also see Remzo. Right there as well. Remzo, welcome to Felony Friday.
0: John, it's always great to be with you and everyone else at the Lions of Liberty crew. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this. So, be, you know, I have to say this because you're way too humble. But folks, if you're not part of the Lions of Liberty pride on Patreon, what the hell? You're going to get so much extra content after this episode and every other episode with Lions of Liberty on Monday of March and with Electric Liberty Land on Wednesday. And of course... Felony Fridays with John on Friday. Come on. I'm a member. You should be a member. Ask anyone in the Lions of Liberty forum about the pride and they'll tell you what you need to go and get. I'm actually wearing my lion shirt underneath my hoodie right now or else I'd be, you know, pitching for you guys. But folks, come on. Join the fun while you can.
1: I didn't even have to pay him anything for that. That's amazing. That's, that's why he's so popular on Lions of Liberty. And you can join by going to patreon.com slash lines of liberty just to finish off that little little plug there. But thank you, Remzo. Appreciate it. And we're here today to talk about a uh, little controversy, I think, in libertarian circles. Cody Wilson, of course, of the 3D gun printing fame. Of course, I'm wearing actually wearing on right now if you can see it, if you're watching on YouTube, nice. my print guns. It's the Mises Caucus shirt that I got from Michael Heiss. Print guns, not money shirt so I'm in the spirit you know I'm feeling 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 good about talking about Cody Wilson I've listened to a couple other podcasts on the topic just got done listening to a friend of the show Mance Raider, free man beyond the wall he's done a couple shows on it good content over there and I don't know I mean I know you've done your own research into Cody you've read his read his book recently so you're a you're an expert on, on the life of Cody Wilson is that true?
0: Well, I wouldn't necessarily call myself an expert, more of a, you know, admiring stalker apart from just the book, which I recently picked up on Amazon, Come and Take It, which is uh, less a book about the legalities and more about his journey just as an individual dealing with everything since he printed the world's first 3D printed gun and went ahead and put those files on Al Gore's amazing internet so the rest of us common folk can go ahead and have access to it. But You know, I started following him more around late 2015, uh, early 2016, when people began to realize, wait a second, this is something that's actually happening. When he began to go ahead and start printing the lower receiver to an AR-15 online, and, you know, more people were figuring out, wait a second, some of this stuff can actually, you know, function. That's when it started to really heat up during the Obama administration, and he's become, you know, the infamous figure we know today CNN's called him everything from a crypto anarchist to being what one publication referred to him as most one of the most dangerous men in the world so you know you want to go ahead and count uh Muammar Gaddafi who's dead and he was on that list at one point Bashir al-Assad Kim Jong-un yeah they wanted to go ahead and put a guy who learned how to 3d print guns put the files online from Texas on that list of people who are actually dangerous So, you know, we're not here just to go ahead and, you know, throw out his praise, which we've been doing for years. We're actually here because of something which is a bit, um, you know, a bit worrisome, especially if you're a Cody Wilson fan, such as John and I. John, you want to go ahead and explain that?
1: Yeah. So I'll just tick through it real quick here. I think most of our listeners probably know what went down, but a few weeks ago, um, it it was breaking news that uh, Cody was, they hadn't, you know. Charged him at the time. He was actually in uh, in Taiwan, I think, at the time uh, that this news broke. Nothing but- shifty about Taiwan. <laughs> but uh, he had been, uh, I guess, caught, if that's the right word. So he was using a site called sugardaddymeat.com. I think that's right. And he met a girl on there. And just a side note on that site, terms of service, you're supposed to be 18 years old to use that site. So it's a site where older men go on to meet younger women. It's not an uh, escort site, but it is a site where that type of stuff does happen. Um, so Cody meets this girl. They exchange information. They start talking. And this is all uh, detailed out in the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, I want to say affidavit. That's not right, is it?
0: We'll go with that. <laughs> the initial report placed by the uh, Austin Police Department. We'll there, just-
1: there you go. There you go. And uh, so, yeah, I think they even might have exchanged some uh, some sex messages back and forth. They agree to meet and get coffee. They get coffee, go to a hotel. Apparently, they're up in the hotel very briefly. Come back down. An alleged sexual act occurs in the hotel room. A uh, monetary exchange of $500 happens, all consensual. After it happens, they go their separate ways. Apparently, according to the police report, This uh, girl then went to a counselor at the time. The counselor advised the girl to uh, go to authorities. The counselor, who probably was a mandatory reporter and had to report it, but um, I guess I should say also this girl did know who Cody Wilson was because according to the the police report, Cody Wilson was bragging about being Cody Wilson. So we can talk about that too, how smart that was. Um, So this girl goes to her guidance counselor, I assume tells the guidance counselor that she had sex with this uh older 30-year-old man. And uh the guidance counselor, knowing this girl is under the age of 17, advises her to go to the police. Uh the police do their investigation. You know, it's amazing how much the police are able to uncover rapidly in an investigation like this. But yeah, you know, other ones, they just kinda just kind of let stuff go. You know, don't really solve the crime. Anyway, so he ends up eventually, yeah. They press charges and he was arrested in Taiwan, um, extradited, and booked in the Austin uh, by the Austin police. And he's out on bond, which I thought was a little bit surprising that he was able to get bond. But he uh, he paid for that in full, and, and he's out and he's gonna be uh, gonna be awaiting trial. So did, did I miss any holes there, Remzo? Any uh, any notes?
0: No, not at all. Except one thing I do want to mention. So it's, you know, the biggest thing that people have been mentioning is that, you know, essentially this girl was a fraud. She said that she was above the age of 18. Absolutely correct. The biggest thing that, you know, I, I need to throw out there, when you look at the terms of service, there's at no point going to be anything that's going to allow him to go ahead and say in court, oh, she was eight, she said she was 18. That doesn't hold up according to Texas law and that site won't defend them either because in the terms of service they also say that we aren't responsible for any fraud, for any abuse, for anything bad that might happen. Use the site at your own risk. So essentially, you know, the the site sugardaddymeat.com, they went ahead and threw them aside because of that automatic disclaimer when you sign up to use the site. And then, you know, the, the Texas law is going to go ahead and say, hey, you still had sex with a minor. So there's nothing he can really do about this. The really difficult thing, however, is whether or not they're really going to pin him on a prostitution charge. He paid allegedly $500 for a sexual encounter with this girl or the fact that it was a minor. Nobody's talked about the prostitution at this point. She hasn't even been arrested for prostitution. Now she's a minor, so there's only so much information they can go ahead and put out. But you're telling me no journalist is still trying to figure that out? Nobody really cares about her. They only care about attacking Cody Wilson. No one's talking about the fact that she lied, that she prostituted herself, which we can go ahead and look at the ethics of that side. Let's go ahead and look at the law. It seems like she's walking away with this. And, oh, she's so smart. She went to her social worker, went ahead and said, oh, by the way, it happened to be Cody Wilson. If it had been anybody else, would they have gone to this length? And that, that's the biggest problem. I, I'm seeing that, you know, maybe it's because it's a minor, maybe it's because we're dealing with Cody Wilson, but this whole thing is just so remarkably skewed in its narrative. That's the real disgusting part about it.
1: You know, I think that's an important point you bring up there. If this wasn't Cody Wilson, would this have played out like this? And I think especially him living in the, uh, the liberal para- paradise or uh, whatever you want to call it of Austin, Texas which is basically San Francisco in the middle of Texas. So, you know, maybe this uh, counselor hears that name. The girl's just saying what happened. The girl might not even realize how significant it would be to a liberal who wants to take down this, one of the most evil men in the world. Oh, she knows how to
0: Google. If she knows how to prostitute herself on a website like that, she knows how to Google Cody Wilson while she's off in the restroom. I'm sure.
1: And, you know... One an important thing to bring up here, where are this girl's parents? Does she have parents? What's 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 the deal here? Like you know, I, I said the same thing during the whole uh
0: you know Kavanaugh Doctor Four hearings. Here you have, you know, and I, I'm a real political nerd. I'm watching C SPAN, so I'm watching the hearings and everything on C SPAN, so you see everything you don't want to see. But behind uh Judge Kavanaugh, you see his wife, you see Condoleezza Rice, you see all of his friends. No one from Dr. Ford's family is there. None of her friends are there, except, you know, unless you count like Mo- Alyssa Milano, but they've never met each other unless you count a couple of the DNC staffers that were there. It, it seems like these people, and I'm not saying they're fake. I don't want to sound like this getting all conspiratorial, but it just seems where it's like, okay, where are all these people that should be taking some type of concern of this that should have some type of issue with this that mm-hmm. may have been reached out to a testimony or a quote, or an interview, or something. Somebody wants to learn more. It seems like either the journalists that are covering the story aren't doing any of that, or they're just really good at keeping quiet. You're telling me no one sent out an angry tweet or something about this?
1: Yeah, well, I know. I mean, there is the thing with her being under the age of 18 where no media outlet is going to risk the chance of publishing her name. And we could debate if, if that's good or bad, if that should be a thing that's really... It shouldn't be published if, if she's able to go on sugar daddy com and you know work out a transaction to make $500 in exchange for sex. I would think probably you could put her name out there. Um, she, she's definitely put herself out there already, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different aspects to this case. There's, there's the aspect you have a guy like Cody Wilson, um upfront anarchist you know he's not hiding behind anything you know he's he said before because he's taken these risks risks in his life um, really with three d printed guns distributing them and, and winning winning that legal battle that he really tries to obey the law in all other aspects because he didn't want to risk anything I don't know why he slipped up here or or, or what happened because this is just just reckless behavior if if I mean, however you want to look at it, no matter what you think of, you know, you break it down to, you know, we play this game on Felony Friday, as you know, Remzo, is this a crime? And we can talk about that in a minute, but that aside, people think it's a crime or not for a 30-year-old man to sleep with a 16-year-old. We can talk about that. But just doing it, Cody Wilson doing it with the spotlight on him, living in Austin, Texas, what the hell was he thinking? I mean... Just a reckless move.
0: You know, he's following in the footsteps of one of my favorite actors, actually. And when this whole thing happens, you know, his name just popped up in my head constantly. and I've been drawing parallels between Cody Wilson and this man ever since this whole thing happened. And folks, the reason why John and I are talking about this now versus earlier is because so much craziness was occurring Mm -hmm. that we wanted to give it a little bit of buffer time to go ahead and talk about this, which gave me more than enough time to really come up with my point and draw a good comparison to the one and only comedic genius known as Rob Lowe Um, for those of you old enough to remember who Dennis Kucinich is in 1988 Rob Lowe was out at the 1988 DNC caucusing for Kucinich and he went up to his hotel with two women 122 one who said said she was 18 and he filmed a porno with the two of them well sucks to be Rob Lowe the youngest actually ends up being 16 years old now Uh, I forgot what state this was specifically in. The age of consent was 14. So there you have, you know, kind of his takeaway moment. He got lucky that she wasn't younger than 14, 14 or younger. She was 16. The problem was that he filmed a pornographic video with someone under the age of 18 which, by federal law, you had to be 18, and it's still the case, to film any type of pornographic video. So here you have Rob Lowe, who essentially was at, uh, he just did St. Elmo's Fire, he was doing SNL, he was doing other uh, films and stuff, he was on the rise. And, you know, ultimately, if he wasn't a Democrat, if he wasn't somebody that was universally liked, would he have the same vitriol Thrown at him as Cody Wilson is now. The biggest thing that I like to remind people is that Cody Wilson's biggest crime, and he mentioned this in, he mentions this in his book, Come and Take It. I highly recommend everyone read it. Uh, in Come and Take It, he says that you know his biggest crime wasn't necessarily the legality of the issue. It wasn't necessarily the fact that he three D printed the gun. That was his sin. That was his sin against the state and the progressive culture. But his biggest crime was more recent. Because this man's been interviewed for years. He's gone everywhere from Fox to RT to The Blaze to Alex Jones, you name it, he's talked to them. But it wasn't until recently when this started getting picked up again by the Jeff Sessions DOJ that his biggest crime was making everyone from uh, Chris Wallace to those schmucks over at MSNBC and CBS look stupid. How dare you make the mainstream media establishment look stupid? And just like everyone else who's not – Left of center, if they can't get you in the court of law, if they can't get you in the court of public opinion, eventually something's going to happen. So then there's the conspiratorial side. Was this set up against them? I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's really convenient that the social worker suddenly takes such an interest in who her uh, you know ward or whatever is prostituting herself out to. It just seems way too convenient.
1: It, it does seem way too convenient, but just looking at the facts of the case that we know, because that, that's one. As soon as I saw this, that's the first thing I thought, and I jumped immediately to jump to conclusions, which, which I love I loved to. I love to do on this show and in the Lions of Liberty Forum, which people should join the Lions of Liberty Forum, where we jump to conclusions on stuff like this all the time, and we talk about it, but. The first thing I went to was, okay, so is the state using a minor in order to get Cody Wilson and essentially pimping this girl out? It's, it's, it's very possible that that did happen. Um, it's not like the
0: U.S. government doesn't have a history of using innocent people to go out and do things. They would never do that, John. <laughs> That's true. Do you see, folks, who are listening on the podcast? I wish you could see the smirk on my face right now. It's, uh, you, you know, I, I was talking, and you know, I know I don't. We don't want to talk about the whole Supreme Court thing that's being, you know, dredged up everywhere. But you know, I was talking. We can
1: stuff. talk We can talk about anything, Rem. So. Okay, go for <laughs> well, it.
0: So somebody was, um, you know, somebody was bringing up InfoWars in the office the other day and they mentioned how Alex Jones said that Dr. Christine Blasey Ford could potentially be a CIA operative. And I started laughing. I'm like, okay, I I don't buy that at all. There's no evidence for that. But, you know, is it in the realm of possibility? Sure. Many things are, but when it comes to the state, I don't really give them much, uh, you know, much of a benefit of the doubt. The first thing I did was I compared it to the initial uh, hearings that launched the United States into the Gulf war where, the democratic party with the Republican establishment hired a DC based, um, you know, consulting firm to get an actress who looked like she was of Middle Eastern descent to pretend to be a civilian from Kuwait who said that Saddam, you know, sent his men into Kuwait, went into hospitals and began to beat babies to death with hammers and incubators. And that whole thing, that whole testimony where she's crying and everyone was crying with her. And then they're like, Oh, we must go fight Saddam and everything else. That whole thing turned out to be fake. So, and there are other situations like yeah. that. So is it within the possi- realm of possibility? Perhaps I could be a reptilian. This whole thing could be funded by the NSA to collect metadata on libertarians and they're listening. We know that iTunes does it, but do I think that's the case? No, I think just based off what we have right now, Cody Wilson got screwed both physically and legally with this, because this girl, and by the way, if you already have a social worker assigned to you, you're going to go ahead and start boasting about your clients.
1: Doesn't that defeat the purpose? Like none of this makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, unless was this something that she was doing, you know, she'd done it multiple times before. I mean, was this just what this girl did? I don't know. There's so many unanswered questions. Did Cody Wilson ask her for ID and she presented a fake ID? If that was the case, that, I guess that still wouldn't change anything with Texas law, even if, because there was already a fraud perpetrated just by the terms that her violating terms of service. If she violated it farther with fake identification, would that change anything? I, I don't know. Well, um, well,
0: here, here's the weird thing, and this is the statist in me, that... Um, you know, the international law and, you know, constitutional law back in college, um, with us, with libertarians, we see that she broke a voluntary contract. She committed fraud, everything you said, absolutely correct. In the United States legal system, if it's illegal, doesn't matter what went down. The act of prostitution still took place. Therefore, all contracts, whether or not they were fraudulent or legitimate, consensual or by force, are still illegal. So that creates
1: the giant conundrum. I well, think. Ramzo, hold on, let, me, let me jump in there for a minute. So, if the, if this if this girl was of age, seventeen in Texas or whatever it is, um, and they use sugar daddy meat, and the same thing happened. That would not be considered prostitution because so, these sites get around that by it being called a gift. So it is prostitution, right? But it's, so they it's a gray, use it's gray area. They, they
0: use something which very seedy lawyers I met down south called the Vegas argument. Uh, if you go down to Vegas, folks, what you'll see at the strip as soon as the sun goes down and Sin City begins to live is you'll have these random people go ahead and put what seem like baseball cards in your hand. <laughs> and they are very aggressive about that, and they're
1: giving you these. <laughs> very aggressive, okay. very I aggressive. I just
0: don't I don't want your business card, and they're just like, take it, take 10. And then you look down at your hand, and you look down at the street, and you see a whole shit ton of naked women for escort services. Escort being the big word. You go, and you pay these women for their time. You go and you look like a baller at the uh, roulette table and everything else. And then whatever happens later, key phrase, whatever happens later is not part of the initial escort contract. It's a gift. Which means that something in the messages which were most likely seized let's just go ahead and put it out there they were most likely seized the messages between wilson who was going under a suit in them as well she didn't know that it was him until they met in person but they were going under a suit and the most likely- i don't know
1: about i i'm not sure about that well that might be know? true but at some point i was by reading the police report i was led to believe that he was over text message bragging about who he was.
0: I may have been reading a contrary report. Maybe. Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and throw that disclaimer out there. I didn't didn't know about the text messages. I could could be
1: wrong, too. I could be wrong.
0: So either way, either way, the cops probably have the messages. There was probably language in there that downright, outright showed, okay, this is prostitution. Because they wouldn't be throwing that word around if it wasn't. But, again, they maybe could. People try and do shady shit like that all the time. But, um, you know, th- this whole thing is throwing out so many questions and, you know, I feel bad for Wilson because the people that like him are inclined to defend him. The people that don't like him are now calling him, you know, someone who raped or sexually assaulted a minor and everything. Uh, the real issues aren't coming out, you know, with this, you know, it brings out a whole bunch of landmines with age of consent, with, um, you know, fraud, contracts, fraud with prostitution. I mean... Uh, I don't think there's a single way that Cody's going to be able to get into this and not have an uh, unbiased trial.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see any way, He's not, especially in Texas. Uh, I don't see how that's even possible. So let, let's kind of dig into the uh, you know, just the, the principles behind this, the, the non-aggression principle. Looking at what happened here with Cody Wilson and this girl, taking into account age of consent, A 30-year-old man, even taking away the prostitutional aspect of it. A 30-year-old man having a consensual relationship with a 16-year-old girl. Is it a crime?
0: Is it a crime? Legally, legally, and, you know, I got – Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not even – I'm not saying I'm, according – just, just, I'm just imagining my potential future Supreme Court nomination, and they're going <laughs> to pull this up, and they're going to say, Mr. Martinez, if that is your real name, please explain. So legally, it's a crime. Based off everything that we've seen, the age of consent is the biggest issue. That's a crime. I've had problems with age of consent because I have problems with a whole myriad of other things. Why is it I could join the military and vote at 18? I could join the military at 16, but I can't drink, rent a car, or buy a handgun until 21. So when we go ahead and we look at what constitutes adulthood, uh, that's a big problem because – you know, everyone's going to go ahead and throw out different things, because if you say, OK, you're an adult at 18, then you have the right to say, OK, well, I'm not an equal citizen because mm-hmm. I don't enjoy the full rights of citizenship. People can argue about, you know, when you can drink and they can argue about when you can buy a handgun. But if you can't even rent a car at, until you're 21,
1: like I think it's 25 in most states, renting a 25 car, five in it's most crazy. states, pretty it's sure,
0: ridiculous. Yeah. And then when it starts to get into the area of, um, you know, consensual sex and everything else, it's, it's way more different. It's way, it's way different, and it gets really difficult. And the big thing I've always said universally is, one, when it comes to handgun laws, I think you should be able to buy a handgun, buy a gun at all, even a long rifle, which you could purchase at the age of 18. I think you should be able to buy them starting at 16 when you get your license because if, you can, if you're responsible enough for a car, which kills more people intentionally and unintentionally, you might as well be able to vote and have a gun. And, uh, you know, when it comes to these other age of consent laws, which regardless of what state you're in, I mean, I was in Alabama. I mean, as soon as you, you know, start breathing, apparently people are getting married. So it gets really creepy, but you know, leave that to the States, which then, you know, you look at everything else from a libertarian perspective, it gets really dicey, but It's a a complex issue when it comes to that alone. Then, again, when it comes to the prostitution angle, and I do mention this in my book, which is available on Prince and Kindle on Amazon today, Barnes Mm & Noble too. um, you know, I've always been upfront about this. I think that prostitution laws are absolutely ridiculous. You know, you can do anything else. You could, uh, you know, harm yourself in the military. You could be a coal miner. You could be a construction worker. You can injure yourself. You can get sick with mesothelioma and asbestos and everything else. I mean, your body's already subjecting to subjected to every other type of labor risk that exists in the world you, to have these people that say oh well you know your body's not a workplace that's absolutely ridiculous consensual adults should be able to do whatever consensual adults do as long as they're not aggressing upon each other so when it comes to the prostitution angle you know very upfront about that there that should be abolished just outright so yeah i mean all in all you're you're jumping between the legality of how things are right now and how they should be but ultimately as we all know sadly enough We live in the world of how they are, not how they should be
1: the cannabis industry has rapidly expanded. For those liberty lovers who want to take advantage of this growing industry, they've been met with a flood of government taxes and regulation. A lot of cannabis companies would just love to hire a full-time CFO, but that could be super, super expensive. But what if you could have the knowledge and experience of this full-time CFO at a fraction of the cost? If you're in the cannabis business or you plan on entering the fray, then you need to schedule a free consultation with the Grow CFO Rachel Kennerly. The Grow CFO will help to maximize cost of goods sold deductions by employing accrual and cost accounting, creating tax savings, and approving cash flow. They will keep your books in an audit-ready state. If you or someone you know is either already in the cannabis industry or thinking about jumping in the fray, go to thegrowcfo.com and schedule a free consultation today. Yeah, so yeah, 100% agree with you. Obviously, prostitution legalized it, and, and if you think about it, what they're trying to do here, you know, with with prostitution laws, with age of consent laws, is prevent um, prevent things like this from happening, where you have a 30 year old man and a 16 year old girl having sex, you know, because of the of the dangers of that, of the girl getting pregnant, of the unintended consequences of a sexual relationship that she doesn't understand the risks and rewards of, and, and all that stuff. She, or, or she very well may, you know, I'll, 16 years old. It's it's a weird age. 16, 17, 18. Kids change a lot in that time. Some Qu- are very mature.
0: Qu- quick story, quick story, because I know where you're about to go. When Ian Fleming was in the United States after World War II, he was almost arrested by the FBI because he took a girl who was under the age of 18 from South Carolina to Florida, where I think the age of consent was like 16 or something. And, uh, you know, South Carolina, it was 18. He took her to Florida where it was technically consensual and the FBI put a warrant out for his arrest when somebody figured out what was going on, because there was some crazy law that said you cannot take women out of state regardless of their age for crude and indecent acts. That's crazy. There's always a loophole. (laughs) There's always a loophole. It's freaking ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, so they have these laws there's ways around them like Ian Fleming tried to tried to get out of the, get around that law there but if if it was legalized number 1 the free market would help to solve that problem um, Cody Wilson would have known for sure um, if if this woman was uh, 16 or 17 or 18 or 21 or, or or whatever and there there could be ways to to verify that 100% verification maybe nothing's 100% but 99.9% um, with the way things are now with uh, sugardaddymeat.com trying to make money on their end, please their customers, but also trying to keep their you know ass from being sued, they pretty much say we have these terms of service, but they don't mean anything. So we can't be liable for it. So really, it does nothing. So it does nothing to protect anyone. Uh, with the, the current laws and these sites trying to work within the frame of the laws, do nothing to protect anyone. So you have to ask yourself, what what's the goal? What's the goal at the end of the day? You don't want children. You don't want young adults who don't understand the consequences of being in a sexual relationship to have sex and then have their life derailed where they have a kid or they get an STD or, or something like that. So how do you solve that? How do you get... Uh, uh, that's a good question for you, Rem. So, 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 if that's the case, how would you say the free market would best solve that problem without the state intervening?
0: Everyone, well, to answer your question directly, and then I want to caveat in a moment. Um, you know, a- everyone wants one thing, and Ayn Rand brought this up beautifully. Uh, everyone just wants an honest relationship. People want to know what they're getting into. Why do I trust my Uber driver than I do my taxi driver? Why do I trust Airbnb more so than most hotels? It's because there's a greater risk on these people that are entering upon these uh, ride sharing and uh, you know, sharing economy app-based services. It's because they've got to have 20 million times additional pressure on them because they're under such a heavier mm. microscope from the most dangerous thing ever, Yelp. Not any regulatory agency or anything else, Yelp. Yelp has closed down more restaurants than the food inspector. And that's a very important thing for people to remember. Yeah. So the, the free market was going to go ahead and take care of both contractors, business owners, and, but most importantly, the, the, the giant base, which is the consumer. Um, when it comes to, you know, something you mentioned earlier, the unintended consequences, you know, um, I, I did listen to that episode of uh, Mansa's show about, cody wilson i think he did as you said he did an incredible analysis of the whole situation but he brought up something which i've never thought before why is it you know when most people are going out and they're saying when they're advocating for the age consent laws they're like oh well you know the 16 year old doesn't know what they're doing they don't know what they're getting into when they get into a sexually uh consensual relationship or encounter what okay so if you're saying that they don't have the the moral sanctity or they don't have the moral clarity. If they don't, if they're just like these old sociopaths, like two year olds running around, you know, setting the cat on fire and stuff like that, then what's going to prevent them from saying, okay, your 16 year old raped another person or well, obviously they don't know what's going on. They have no morals. They have no yeah. conscience. They have no understanding of the unintended or intended consequences. So what makes a 16 year old raping somebody worse than a 16-year-old getting into a sexual relationship with somebody that's older than them.
1: Yeah, because if – and I thought that was a great point, Tim. I'm glad you brought that up. Because 16-year-olds, in a lot of cases, if it's murder or rape, or they are frequently charged as adults. And by charging them as adults, you're recognizing that their decision-making ability is at the level of an adult. Their mental capacity is at the level of an adult. So it's, it's, it's contradictory where you're saying on the one side, they can't make a decision about their bodies if they, if they can have sex or not. On the other side, though, if they hurt someone else, if they you know, get in a fight and kill someone or they shoot someone or stab someone, they'll be held responsible for that because they know what they're doing there, but they don't know what they're doing when they're having sex. So you can't have it both ways. So at the end of the day, setting a magical age for stuff like that is just not the answer.
0: Absolutely, and you know personally, like I, I am for age of consent laws because I want full legal protection in you know most situations. And you know my biggest thing, I, I always come at this from a: if you have to pay taxes, and if you can be arrested as an adult, you might as well get full adult rights. So when you had all the March for Our Lives kids that were saying, "Oh, we should allow teenagers to vote," I was actually like, you know what? That's not the worst idea. Why you're at it? Let them drink. Let them get. Let them rent a car. The fact that you know you have to be so much older to rent a car is the most ridiculous thing. So if you're putting all this extra stuff on cars, but you could serve in the military, you could vote. I think a lot of people are more dangerous with a vote than they are a gun, most likely, because at least a person with a gun has bravery to go out and do something stupid. A person with a vote that's going to go ahead and say, "Oh, I want this person to rob from you and harm you," uh, that that's that that's crazy. You've got issues if you're okay with that, but. You know, bring it down to 18. Bring it down to 16. The, the point where you can, where you have to start taking full responsibility for things, you might as well be able to maximize the risk that other adults go ahead and go out and do. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things I have a problem with is mandatory minimum sentencing for uh, drug crimes. You're, t- I could totally see that. You know, it, it should be abolished simply for the sake that you know I do th- think that a 16 year old doesn't have as much of the understanding of you know. The drug culture and the legalities around that, as much of a as much as a forty year old man. So to go ahead and say, "Oh no, they all knew what was coming." It's like you you, you have such parsed, selective, selective outcomes when it comes to this. It makes no sense at all.
1: Yeah, and it, if, even outside of that, I mean, if you want to start talking about how really just the. The funnel or, or the suction that is the the stickiness of the criminal justice system that once pe- once people touch it they can't get out. When you have you know twelve year old kids who get get arrested and get sent to juvie for getting in a fight a fist fight out of their school and then they get in with the wrong crowd in juvie and they're just they're just into that life and that's that's so common people don't realize how common that crap is and it it happens all the time. But I don't know where I was going going with that. But we, we focus we focus so much on on this age of what is it depending on the state is it 14 15 16 17, 18 whatever it is when at the end of the day and I think this is a problem throughout our society that I think we're really starting to see the impacts from it we don't have accountability from parents on how on, for raising their children and you know, This is just one aspect of it. Where are this girl's parents when this occurred? Maybe her parents were the ones that told her to go to the counselor because they want to get paid. I mean, who knows? Uh, it's, it should make it even worse.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the best films that ever actually touched on age of consent laws was uh, Transformers Age of Extinction. And the reason being... And this comes into the whole point where you brought up, like, where are the parents? Mark Wahlberg's daughter is dating someone who's above the age of 18, and she's under 18. And when he finds out that his daughter wants to run away and marry this older dude, Mark Wahlberg's like, tell me why I shouldn't call the cops. And the dude who became a barnyard lawyer pulled out Romeo and Juliet laws, brought up the fact that they had a Pre existing relationship prior to when he was 18, which Mark Wahlberg didn't know about. And this whole time, this kid's throwing out all this legal jargon, basically saying, Man, I've got a case, you don't. And I'm just watching this and I'm like, One, why the hell is this in a Transformers film? Two, when did Mark Wahlberg hate himself enough to be in a Transformers film? Three, how the hell is there a fourth Transformers film? Three Transformers films ago. And four, how the hell do you not know your daughter had a boyfriend?
1: For years, yeah, yeah. What the hell? And that's and that's too common. Yeah, th- there's Jurassic off on films a tangent, are but too common. What's that? Transformers films well, are too I common, saw, but yeah, as uh, <laughs> as I get made fun of so often by my fellow Lions of Liberty, I don't watch movies really. I saw the first one;
0: it was that's okay. all you need to see. Right. Don't waste your money on
1: <laughs> anything else. See, you can tell Brian McWilliams that I'm I'm the smart one. He probably watched all of them twice.
0: I, I can't, can't complain too much about Transformers. I keep giving Vin Diesel my money each time a new Fast and Furious comes out because I want to see him and The Rock and Jason Statham race cars on the moon. But that's another topic for another time.
1: Is that going to happen in one of these? It'll keep
0: happening if I keep going <laughs> to see the movies and pre-ordering those tickets.
1: Well, you yeah. know, it's your own fault, Remzo. <laughs> Get what I pay for. So you know, I think I think we agree on this. Would would you say that because I've kind of seen some arguments online from libertarians sort of sort of going both ways. There's been some libertarian media out there that has sort of said they they don't want to associate with Cody Wilson anymore. They want to keep him at arm's length. There's been, you know, obviously the anarchist libertarians are, are still still in his corner, uh, very much so. Um, and then there's people who are kind of in in the middle who don't really want to take a stance on it. What do you make out of that?
0: Um, as, as a more conservative-minded person, I do understand why these laws were put in there to begin with. And over time, they became skewed, and now we're in the conundrum we have. The fact that Cody Wilson did this unknowingly, that's the biggest problem. And even though there's no legal backing for him, there's going to be no support from the site, which basically allowed him to get entrapped this way. I do still think that, you know, through jury nullification or through something else, people should, stake that, should take that into account, because just as much as I love Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe got screwed in that situation. He thought he was of someone who was 18. You know, when, when are people going to start throwing the responsibility on the people that launched this complaint? And I, I throw the same thing when uh, you know, women. They have a sexual encounter with a man. They become pregnant. Then they're like, oh, you have to start paying child support. You got me pregnant. And then the guy's like, wait a second. You told me you were on the pill. You told me you had a contraceptive. How did you get pregnant? At that point, does he still bear legal responsibility? Yes. If he did all those things, yeah. I mean, he, he still, he's still forced to do that. And then in this situation, it's like, oh, this man – who I've pursued online, who I asked for money to have sex with. Yeah. I suddenly don't like him. I wonder if anyone else had been in that hotel room with her, if this would be the case. And, you know, I say, I say the same thing about Brett Kavanaugh. If there was a Democrat president who was nominating Democrat, Brett Kavanaugh, or Merrick Garland, or whoever, if this exact same situation happened with the whole Brett Kavanaugh situation, but, it was a Democrat instead of a Republican. Would this woman have still come out? We already see that with Keith Ellison, who beat to a vicious pulp, and there are police reports and hospital records to prove it, not one, but two of his girlfriends, dead silence. There's more of this story than what, we're, than what we know right now, and I have a feeling it's only going to get way worse as things progress.
1: And the actual which, trial starts. Which story you're talking? You're still talking about the Cody story. There's the Cody no story. story. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you were talking about the because uh, you flipped there talking about Kavanaugh for a minute. Okay, oh, Kavanaugh and
0: Allison and Lions and Tigers. Yeah. It's all screwed up,
1: dude. <laughs> I, I think there is more to the story, and if there's one thing we know about Cody Wilson, he's not going to go down without a fight. Um, you know, he's going to have he's going to have his lawyers. His lawyers are going to be looking at this from every angle. And he will he will fight this with uh, the, the entire force, uh, everything he can muster. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It'll be interesting to see what information comes out because when you see that police report, and people always do this with either police reports or grand jury reports, and they look at it, they say, "Oh man, look at all this all this stuff that this person's going to jail. Look at all this stuff they did wrong. You forget you're only seeing one side of the story. That's all you're seeing, the prosecution side. You're seeing nothing else. So there could be a lot of information that could come out. And maybe, you know, a year from now or six months from now, whenever this uh, trial occurs, I I forget if a date is set for anything. Um, We'll probably come back on and talk about it some more. But at at this point, you know, I, I don't think... Outside of what we've really focused on with around age of consent laws, focusing on that, um, just talking about really Cody really just being a dumbass for for getting himself in this situation.
0: It's it's like if you think you can impress a girl, why not go to a bar and pick one up without paying them? The prostitute doesn't care who the hell you are. They're not going to be impressed.
1: They're not giving you a celebrity
0: discount. If anything, they're going to charge you more.
1: Well, the reason that people... In Cody's situation, get prostitutes is because it's not to get the girl; it's so they leave after you have sex. Oh, you heard yeah. that from Mance Rader he's too. Totally is-
0: gonna want to stay away after <laughs> now. Like I'm the guy that took on everybody.
1: Yeah, that's not too smart. That's true. Not too smart. Well, it's it's good to know though. I did see an article published in the past couple of days here that the defense distributed. Is their orders are still happening? They're still sending out the uh, 3D blueprints. That's not slowed down one bit, and I don't think it will slow down. So
0: this whole movement, the 3D printing gun movement, the the movement to be able to share and copy information, it's not about Cody Wilson. It's Mm -hmm. not. I still respect him. I still am a big supporter of him. And, you know, I'm going to be so for, I don't know, for the foreseeable future. But regardless of what happens to him, like the information is out there. It can't be stopped. It was way beyond him, and as he says in his book, "Come and take it." This has nothing to do with the gun. This has nothing to do with necessarily how the files were transferred or who they went to. It has everything do- to do with your ability to access information to defend mm-hmm. yourself. It's all about inalienable rights.
1: Yeah, and the uh, the genie is out of the bottle. Uh, the 3D printed gun. The t- technology is only only going to get better. You know, twenty years from now we will be just hitting a button. And it'll be, it'll be like those memes where they have just like a gun, like it's out of a regular printer, just pops <laughs> out. <laughs> it'll be like that. I hope, I hope so, at least. But...
0: Beautiful, beautiful
1: world. <laughs> All right, Rems, I, I just want to give you a minute here. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, plug your book again, your, your website. Aren't you launching a new uh, new website? Is that right?
0: Yeah, so you can go ahead and go on medium.com and just go ahead and check out Rouser Libertarian. I bought a website recently that had a pretty good following. So I was like, hey, why not make some cool stuff happen? So you can go on Facebook, check out the Rouser Libertarian. You can find me at all my regular places, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Remso4VA4 spelled out. Or just check out my website, rwmartinez.com.
1: All right. Thank you, Remso.
0: Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed my conversation with Remzo Martinez. Always a good time getting to talk with Remzo, and especially fun this time talking about a case that is so high profile in the libertarian community. A lot of disagreements about this case. Um, a lot of agreement, though. I think uh, you know a lot of libertarians do agree on the fundamentals that as long as this was consensual, which from everything we learn, we know about this case, it was. Uh, that really, he'd done nothing wrong. Now, I think it's important to caveat, at least my personal opinion, with something like this. And I think I did say this throughout the show, but I'll reinforce it. So, the most important thing to remember here, I think so, because we're talking about a, a girl that is 16 years old. This is a this is a young age. This is I wouldn't even I, I'd consider her <clears> at <throat> this point a girl, not a young woman yet, even. So that age range. 16 17 18 19 20 21 whatever girls and boys and young women and uh, and young men mature at different rates they're ready for things at different times some you know are ready to go out and start their own business or take a bunch of responsibility they're ready to be leaders and you, some of them you know are ready to make decisions consequential decisions where they understand the, the impacts of their decisions and the consequences that go with them and so, some are ready for sex I'm sure, and some are not. Some are not ready at all. Some aren't thinking about anything except for the next thing that's right in front of their face. So the thing that I think is most important to point out here is the parents, because nobody knows their kid better than the parents. And you know, and that's it's not easy raising teenagers. I haven't raised a teenager myself. I have a, a young daughter. She's three years old, but. You know, I know a lot of people who have raised or are raising teenagers, and I I, I hear about, you know, what, what goes on, and obviously, I was a teenager once myself, so I, I understand, you know, what happens. I, I understand the, you know, the different situations that, you know, teens can get themselves in, and a lot of the times, they're not thinking, they're just acting. Uh, that part of the brain, you know, the frontal cortex is not really fully developed until the mid-20s, so... That doesn't mean that no teens have the ability to you know critically think most do or a, a lot do. But, but the thing to remember is the, the parents should know that, and it's up to the parents to set the boundaries. it's up to the parents' number to talk to their kids to educate them so they understand the risks of what's going on. Now, with this girl who uh, got involved in this uh, transaction with Cody Wilson um you know, I, I don't know what her mental state is or how mature she is or or, or any any of uh, of those details. And I don't know if her parents were involved in, in any of this. For all I know, her parents encouraged her to do it. I have no idea. But I think the thing to learn is we don't need the state to come in and tell parents how to parent, you know, when their kids can do what, tell kids how to be kids when they can do what. That has to be up to the individual. And that's a really uncomfortable thought for a lot of people because you lose a little bit of perceived control. It's not real control. It's not real control because the law is already in place, right? So the law in Texas is 17 years old, and this still happened. And as I talked about with Remzo, one of the things that could have prevented something like this from happening is if you didn't have the law, and someone like Cody Wilson, who I'm just going to assume was not trying to have sex with a 16-year-old girl, I'm hoping he wasn't, um, that could have been verified. Third-party sites in the free market would offer very, very consistent and reliable verification because the future of their site, uh, the money they're able to make, the revenue stream, would rely upon the ability to do that. Right now, the way it's set up with this uh, sugar, sugar daddy site or whatever it is, these sites skate around that they, le- they with a bunch of legalese that they, uh, you know, just wipe their hands with it. So that's, that's got to change. And I think I've made my position clear. You know, I think I, I've probably lost the opportunity to be on the Supreme Court at this point by publishing this episode. But this is an important topic and people are afraid to talk about um, things that make people uncomfortable and things that ruffle feathers. So I'm not. And you know what else I'm not afraid of? Is talking about the need for you guys, you guys listening out there, guys and gals, to join the Lions of Liberty Pride. That's right. By joining the Lions of Liberty Pride, you get access to all of the bonus content that we create. Uh, we have a, a Patreon site where all that is posted audio and video stuff, different features. We have uh, recurring weekly shows, or well, one weekly show right now, it's bonus called Degenerate Gamblers where it's myself and Brian McWilliams and the infamous RICO, the legal counsel of the Lions of Liberty. And we talk about gambling a little bit, but we also talk about some, some libertarian things here and there. And we uh, just kind of have, have a good time, have, have a good conversation. So you get that every single week, at least through the fall, through football season. We also have a show called Conspiracy Corner. That's about once a month, once every three weeks, where we'll dive into the crazy, weird realm of conspiracies and talk through that. And we have bonus content. I actually have a bonus show I recorded with Remzo that you'll be able to listen to if you join the Pride right after this, where we talk about everything from the site that Remzo is uh has has bought and he's uh, pumping out content on all the way to Kanye West. We dump into we jump into the Yay and we talk about what's going on with him, his SNL appearance, all that good stuff. So join the Pride, go to patreon.com slash lines of liberty, bunch of different levels, bunch of different stuff you get. Just read it there. I'm not going to go into it. That's it. That's all I got, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, subscribe to your favorite podcasting app. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.